season edition. We got a few good things on tap today. We're going to talk about uh, some rule changes to the league. We're going to talk about scoring changes coming in and changes coming in next year and then some scheduling stuff. And then we'll dive into a user submitted mock draft from XGG. Matt, how are you doing tonight? It's a good night counting down the days to the draft, fielding some offers coming up with some complex trades that'll probably go nowhere. It's the uh, the best time of the year. It is that season. I see uh, um, XGG's already trading 2024 second round picks. So we've reached that stage of, of the draft. Um, so let's just dive right in. So I think the, the, uh, the couple of just reminders about the changes to scoring and positions for this year are um, adding the superplex, which uh, just breaking news in the last couple of hours, we had Ryan Fitzpatrick franchise tag thanks to the superflex uh, rule change. Um, and we also added tight end premium as well, which means tight ends will get one point per reception, whereas all other players get half a point currently. What do you think about that? Yeah, they, I think the superflex thing, it's it's exciting. Um and you can you can go back, you know, your sharp drafters were planning for this three years ago, uh, drafting you know guys like Kyler Murray. Um, last year, you saw a lot of UFAs, quarterbacks, you know, teams taking three quarterbacks and signing them for the extra. You could see teams preparing for this change uh, in advance, which I mean is just such a cool part of this league, right? Where um, it's kind of got a long-term focus. Uh, you can do things either UFA, RFA. Uh, use your fourth-year options, draft players, and, and prepare for these changes. So I think it's really, it can be really cool to see how it unfolds. And I think uh, teams that haven't prepared for it are going to be left scrambling early this year and going to have to address address those needs either with their rookie picks or, or otherwise. I like how you mentioned sharp drafters that drafted Kyler Murray. Um, I know I wanna... exactly who that is, so we'll just keep moving along. Um, how about all the not sharp drafters who passed on Herbert, my man? Oh, that was a good one. That one turned out really good. Yeah, I think a lot of us, me included, uh, look back. Um, when I was updating my rookie ranks for this year. I just went to last year's sheet and I was like, why didn't I take that guy? That would have been a good move. So congratulations to you. Yeah, getting really lucky because let me tell you, I did not plan on that. But I did have a whole bunch of people messaging me when that pick came up. So I think everyone kind of knew it. And everyone kind of knew, like, this guy is falling too far, right? I, I think I had, like, three people offering me on that pick. Um, so, um, yeah. But it, it'd be interesting to go back, and maybe we'll do a, a, re, a redraft, which we've done in the past, and look at, like, where Herbert would go if we redid last year. And I bet it would be pretty early. Yeah, I mean, that's information, as we'll find out in this mock draft that was submitted three weeks ago, that information changes, right? And that just so happened to have to happen after week one he could have sat on the bench all year and it could have just been like you know whatever right it was a dart at a quarterback but anyway we don't need to talk about our quarterbacks we need to talk about next year's rules just to give everyone a reminder as they're starting to pick players in the draft and pick players in the auction next year we go to full ppr which means tight ends go to 1.5 and we have the um limit of three fourth year options which basically in my opinion almost makes it unlimited 
pretty close. But what what are your thoughts on those two? Yeah, I think we didn't didn't talk about tight end premium this year um, becoming a half or a full point PPR this year, and then one and a half, um, and then going full PPR. And I think they just balance much like Superflex. I think it balances the position demand uh, for the league. And so if you go back you know, a lot of money to running backs only in our previous scoring. And you can start to see that money and the draft capital start to shift. So um, I, th- I think it's it's good. I think it adds a really good dynamic to the league. I think it increases the value of rookie picks. Your, your Kyle Pitts's, um, and maybe we'll talk about it in the mock, uh, those kind of guys maybe move up uh, and create more, you know, more value in, you know, your 105 through 110 picks, whereas maybe in the past only the first three to five picks kind of really held value. Um, and then I think PPR is just important to balance super flex, right? So you don't go overweight on QBs. Uh, you don't go too far on QBs. So I think that full PPR is, change is in, important. And it kind of makes, I don't know, I think it makes the league scoring really, really strong and stand out. Uh, other leagues that I'm in personally, and I know many others in the league are, you know, have multiple teams that they like to talk about usually when, you know, they suffer a bad beat. Oh, don't worry, I got that guy in another league. But I think in, in other leagues, I, I really wish that they were doing more of this scoring change stuff. They're just so locked in, hey, this is the scoring settings for this league, and they never change. So I'm really glad that we're making those changes, and I think it's going to, uh, you know, just keep the league uh, fresh and, and exciting and entertaining for the next, you know, 13 years or whatever we're on. Yes, yeah, so the money shift is quite interesting because way back in the day, we had 20 yards per point and 50 for quarterbacks so and no reception points so touchdowns were so heavily weighted so um like trent richardson in his rookie year was a beast and running backs were getting paid the most and then when we switched receivers started going up the board and now this year specifically because we don't have full ppr uh the quarterbacks are overvalued this year for sure just for one specific year right and then as their salaries go up and the scoring changes and stuff, it'll balance out. But yeah, it is, it is quite fun to, uh, to see the changes and how all the salaries change. I'm sure if did, has many spreadsheets that could, <laughs> he could bore us with on all the different statistical anomalies and the positions based on the scoring changes. Um, but we'll uh, save that for, for one of those podcasts when you can't get to sleep. He was um, a good guest. We ought to, we ought to bring him back on. Oh, maybe we should. We'll have to, We'll have to see. Um, fourth year um, options. That was the other I, one. Oh, yeah. Three fourth year options. I think, I mean, with the way people are trading them now and stuff like that, I, I think basically three is pretty unlimited. Um, your thoughts on that? I think, it, I, I mean, it makes the picks more valuable, clearly. Yeah, that's that's where I go to with this sort of rule change. I think a lot of the motivation is to make the picks more valuable, make the rookie picks more valuable, which creates more and better trades and, and that sort of thing. Um, but you're right. I think if anyone ever has three fourth year options in one year, that's going to be rare and good, you know, good for them. Uh, but yeah, effectively unlimited. Uh, but I guess it could create some interesting dynamics. If you had uh, four, you'd have, you know, be motivated to sell one, or I guess you can always just let them go to RFA. So I don't think it makes, material difference but i think it makes sense having one didn't make sense yeah and and brian actually had like he has uh three that were done this year he just traded them first so it's not that someone won't have it it's just that you'll you'll have another another avenue to to build your team so i think it's good um 
so moving on to the draft itself, which is coming up on Saturday at 10 a.m. Um, we got kind of two things there. There's uh, because of the way the NFL did the schedule this year, there's an extra week. So we're going to run the season. The regular our regular season will be 14 weeks, which means we have one week one. You're going to play a team a second time. but That'll be the first time, but it'll be two mat. The two times we played that team in the year, which is different for us. It's very common in 12 team leagues because obviously um, you had two weeks where you played um, a team twice. But uh, what do we do with that week? I guess is we need to figure out: is there do we randomize the schedule? Um, you know what what ideas come to mind there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think you're right. In 12 team, it was always convenient to have 13 regular season weeks with our 14 team league because you just play everybody once and there's no, you know, bad luck. I think early, didn't we have divisions? Oh, that we really did the first some, year. Yeah, where you end up playing, you know, the juggernaut three times and the other, you know, other teams skate by with <laughs> terrible point total. So I don't think it changes the balance or anything. I mean, it's going to be luck if you get matched up against, you know, a record setting team for regular season points, uh, like, like the tea bags last year, for example. Um, so well, the median, the median solves that too, right? Yeah. And so, so I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it creates any sort of balance or any sort of issues. I think there's an opportunity to maybe have some fun with it. And so you could randomize who you play, or you could do some sort of, uh, you know, draw a name from a hat and that person declares their opponent. So, you know, 14 names in, you pick yourself, you, you know, you pick, well, Mahoney, you know, these perennial losers. Uh, so you can hopefully get that easy win. Um, so that's one idea I think could be fun, a little entertaining, the randomizer or or previous year standings and make the, the best teams, you know, from last year play each other. Uh, what else? What else do you got? No, I think that's, I mean, we had, I've talked about the standings based first playing second, third playing fourth and so on down the list. Just, just kind of like the NFL does, but certainly would love to hear anyone's ideas. Um, it would be kind of cool to do something fun at the draft too. Um, maybe in terms of a draw or uh, picking your matchup would be kind of funny to watch Serena get all mad. If you know <laughs> you drew her and then you made her play you or something like that. And, do is you know draw the name that the person whose name drawn gets to name a matchup so they could pick themselves and an opponent or they could pick two teams who haven't been assigned and so for the benefit of the league if i if my name was drawn instead of picking an easy win like you know the mahonies of the world i would say hey serena has to play joel for week one just so that we could all enjoy the the drama that comes with that but what if joel get get draws his name and then he has to match up Serena and then he decides to match up Serena against whatever team is like the best team. Oh man. I that would be good want to see the yeah. fallout. Imagine like, the look, the look uh, across the table that he would get when he pulled the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be more fun to do something like that than just random, but random, you know, avoids any sort of drama or competitive issues too. So I will be building a series of obstacles on Friday night and we will have a contest. Or if they could do a spreadsheet, that could solve the problems to you. Yeah. Everyone wants to do a drinking contest if Diddy wants to make a spreadsheet to draw the matchup. <laughs> That's good. Um, and then just, yeah, so on the, I think we'll come up with something that everyone can get on board with, I'm sure. Um, still three-week playoffs, no changes to eight teams making it. 
and the the last week of the NFL season is not a an FFFL week, right? Yep, exactly. So nothing really changes. Uh, anyone who shows up at my house at 9:30 on Saturday, maybe we can uh, talk about an idea for that week one matchup. Um, then maybe the maybe the first person who shows up gets to create no, the, the first matchup. So I'll no, see you at I don't 2 a.m. <laughs> people camping out at my house. Mahoney will be climbing in my tree, looking through my peering through my bedroom window to see when I get up, so he Again. can get, be the first one there. Okay. Anyway, uh, the other thing would be the IDP draft. Um, kind of a little bit of a change that we decided to make to try to speed up the draft a little bit, and that is that um, you cannot put up an IDP player for bid for 500k. You must put one up for a million. Um, and then I will open up multiple waiver uh, periods before the season so that people can bid on and claim um, IDPs for 500k should they choose. I mean, you could bid a million if you want it at that time, but it'll give everyone an opportunity to fill out their roster. Yeah, I like I like this change a lot. I think the ID I think IDP is a, another. Um, you know, interesting and, and fun part of this league. I think IDP at the UFA auction is always the worst part. People exactly. put up 500, wait for the countdown, go to a million. It's it's later in the draft. Carter's trying to keep the sheets up to date. So it always creates, it drags, right? It's probably the only part that feels like a drag. Uh, so I think the change is good. And, and what I'll be looking at is, you know, partway through my draft, if there's some guys I'm targeting, I'll put them up for a million. If someone goes one and a half, that's okay, right? That's good in that okay there's less money out there uh, bad that i missed maybe a guy I, I wanted to target um but i think it'll save tons of time and and issues with keeping everyone's you know salaries up to date that carter's managing uh, and then i have the opportunity in the waivers to fill out you know if i want three li- linebackers let's say is kind of my plan to make sure that i have three guys before the league starts and same thing, if there's a guy I want, I should go in for a million. I think the only thing that's unclear is how the tiebreakers in that waiver would go. Um, so I don't know if you have any ideas there, but let's say I put up for a million and you put up the same guy for a million. How does it assign the winner? Well, dur- during the year, it's based on standings, but I have it set to random right now. Um, so it would just basically randomly choose. So you definitely want to claim, you know, four or five guys and set that max claim to say two if you were trying to pick up two and then if you if a whole bunch of people put 500k you should randomly get guys um and that's why i'll do multiple claim periods as well just in case you know five people put the same guy up for 500k you know um but if you want the guy get get him for a million in the draft or a million and a half and move yeah. on um yeah. if you miss out on anyone because of random that's your fault yeah, and then the the other bit to go with that that you didn't mention is the, those acquired in that waiver period specifically, you could assign multiple years to still. Yep. So we'll allow that for only for IDPs because in these in these waiver multiple waiver periods, I we can't lock down who you can claim. So you can still claim offensive players as everyone has in the past before the season to fill out their rosters, but those guys are all one year. You cannot sign those guys you if you want multi-year guys you better get them at the draft on offense on idp will allow but been hearing from the league too is kind of the same thing you reiterated that like people like idp but it is the worst part of the draft starts to drag out some people are trying to leave you know all that so i i hope this 
goes well, we don't, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but maybe a bunch of people will bid 1.5 and it'll be the same thing and we'll have to try something else. And what's the, what's the consequence when Higgins puts a guy up for 500? Well, for sure, we got to take away some picks. As long as he doesn't put up a punter again, we should be, we should maybe give him some grace period. We'll put some odds on the board. Um, but okay, yeah, that's about it for the draft side of it and the scoring side. I think um, everyone knows, and if they don't, they can certainly reach out and ask questions. Should we move into the mock that Mr. Mahoney sent? Yeah, let's let's get to it. I like this. Um, I like doing the mock every year, but I, I really like having uh, someone else in the league involved. So I'm glad that that he sent that over. I, I, we have to evaluate that he might be sending out some misdirection. Maybe he's trying to throw people off, saying, "Oh, if they think this is my mock." Um, maybe he's trying to depress some value of some players. So I've, I'm a bit skeptical, but let's go, let's go through it and, and see. Yes. Using the podcast to influence people <laughs> is all, always a great idea. I don't know anyone who does that. <laughs> Dalvin, Cook, um, uh, Dalvin Cook's available. James Robinson, franchise tag, carry on. All right. Um, putting that in right now. Um, so this is like three weeks old. We had some crazy things happen over the last 24 hours so i'll just kind of roll through it and then we can discuss as we go um so number one he has two uh di is trevor lawrence i think that yeah and i think that's pretty consensus um i think in if not for Superflex, maybe it wouldn't be um but I think that makes sense. I would be surprised if it was someone different, although I could make a case for a few different uh, players, which maybe once we're done the mock, we can talk through some different scenarios. Yeah, I think he's consensus in super flex. If it wasn't super flex, I would definitely not be taking him number one. Um, I guess the only thing I would ask, and and this is going to be player number two in the mock draft is Trey Lance. Um, what would happen if San Francisco announced that Trey Lance was starting week one? Would you, is there a scenario where you could take Lance over Lawrence? So, so I, I wouldn't. I can, I could. It would make sense if someone else did. Uh, but Lawrence is the starter already, despite you know, speak about Minshew and his you know his number two and the, and these things. Um, so it doesn't maybe it closes the gap to me between the two, but I don't think it it changes the positioning of the two, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think um, as someone who watched the entire football game between Jacksonville and, as my son calls them, uh, the grappling hooks, um, <laughs> I would be seriously questioning drafting Lawrence if Lance was named the starter, but that's me and I'm. it's definitely not what the consensus rankings have. So Lance number two, and then we got fields to smash to the uh, number three. And I think again, that those two are probably very interchangeable. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, if Lance, if Garoppolo's named the starter, maybe fields jumps, although I think still in question whether fields the starter. So uh, I guess it depends how much you'd value the current year benefit of having an extra few weeks maybe how much your team needs a quarterback but i think clearly 
I agree with this mock that it quarterback, 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 one, two, three, and and these three guys. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think you could make a case for moving any of them amongst themselves. But this is the way I would I would look at it myself. So one thing I I forgot, but uh, with Smash that he has Garoppolo on his roster and picking third, is there is there a scenario where we see him move up that one spot um, to to get Lance? And then he's got his starting quarterback there. And I think he has Dak Prescott as well. I mean, you're you're playing 3D chess here. I hadn't I hadn't thought that far. Um, but I guess you can look at it like a handcuffing situation too. Um, so maybe it would make it would make sense. I know handcuffing generally doesn't make a ton of sense, but with our deep benches, I think it kind of does. Uh, so I could see that. I could see that playing out. I don't know if I would move up to do it, but if it, you know, if it, it would be one of those nice things that happens if he fell to him. Yeah, and the, I guess the flip side of that is with the salaries being different from a two-three pick. I mean, you could see it. You could see if Cole really loves Fields, uh, and he knows Smash, he's going to trade Lance. You could see him just trade pick three for pick two straight up. Yeah, for save, the for the save, one million. Save five hundred k, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's, that would be. That would be an interesting trade. That trade would have to come with like an email. Hey, here's why. <laughs> yeah, here, here's why. Uh, yeah, no, I imagine that, the flurry of text messages that you would. Yeah, get I don't from... think that's a trade you. I don't think that's a trade you would do before the draft because what happens if Alex doesn't take Lawrence? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, let's move along. So number four, we got GGXGG, and he's got Najee Harris. So clearly he wants Harris. So if anyone above him wants to take him, that would throw a uh, wrench into everything and, and this is one i did look and so somehow he's got if if, if i was looking at an up-to-date fan tracks he's got allen and mahomes josh allen and mahomes yes uh, so i think this i mean for his team build i shouldn't have challenged him as the worst team and and picked him as an opponent earlier in our in our mock matchup setting um because that's pretty strong and then if you add a clear starting running back at the the price point of the fourth overall, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, both from, okay, to pick him before the other quarterbacks and, you know, Pitts and the wide receiver uh, Chase we'll talk about, but also from his team build, I think it makes a lot of sense as well. So basically the ball is in the court of SM or Cole or Alex to screw to to screw Mahoney's team over a little bit. Not really. His team's still going to be pretty damn good with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Allen, but you could ruin his structure slightly. It would help us all. Go ahead, guys. Yeah. Um, so this is where things are going to really go south here. So in the number five for TLM, we have Jamar Chase. Now, breaking news from hours ago, which I know before we started recording, you didn't really know what's going what was going on. But after consulting with legal counsel, rumors of... Issues involving Jamar Chase have been removed from this podcast. To go here, he's an early pick on a, a, a you know, what looks like a good offense with a good quarterback. Um, so you think he's going to get all that volume, go to full PPR next year. You get good benefit out of that wide receiver. But gosh, if, if he's not going to play, it doesn't really help you any. Yeah, and I think it's tough with just that and not much else. I mean, the, our draft is three or four days away. I don't think... It's hard to say what'll come out, but probably not much. Um, 
if it were me, I don't know if I was in some sort of coin toss situation where I think there's we're still kind of in a tier of players. I might that might be a tiebreaker for me. Um, so if I had, you know, Chase Harris and Pitts or Williams all there and I kind of was debating between them, it might be a tiebreaker. But at the same time, it's still, you know, you're. It's, he could be an amazing player and then you could pass on him. Um, I mean, not to mention all the preseason lack of buzz he's had for dropping the football. So that could also sewer his ranking a little bit. Yeah, it gets it gets muddy here for sure. I think this yeah. top four was pretty, pretty clear. And now um, I, I still think the pick makes makes sense. We'll move along. Uh, the next one is definitely not going to be picked there. This is uh, number six, Travis Etienne, who, as you may know, I'm hoping in the last 24 hours, he's basically he's been put on IR and he's out for the year. So I think he's definitely not going in the top six. But um, I definitely had him up there, um, you know, two days ago. Yeah, I think um, I would have had him after Harris in my own board. Uh, so he would have been the fifth overall pick. Now, what's interesting is draft him, put him on IR. You, you have a, a first round running back still next next year. So I still, I don't know how far he'll fall, but I agree. I wouldn't take him at this point now with other options of players likely to play. Um, plus who knows how, that injury lingers over time. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how far he goes down. I think on most of our, in the league, if we all kind of laid our cards on and said, where did we have him before? It probably would be around five, six, seven in this range. And so what, I, what I'm what i curious to see is how far he goes. Um, I think Darius Geis, this was a similar issue. Yeah. He had an injury that was season ending, but so he came way down the draft board was stashed which made a lot of sense next year it was you know hey this is looking pretty good and then either he got hurt again or he had off-field issues i can't remember so there's a case to take him and stash him um we'll see how far down he goes do you have a a prediction i think that uh potentially with i mean brian has you know got he just made that trade to get brita and then buy him out he's basically committed to a rebuild he has two late firsts and an early second i think um, I could definitely see him being a team that's willing to take their gamble on somebody who's not going to play this year. But, um, I mean, anyone could could kind of do what you say just as a stash, right? So we'll move on. Uh, number seven is Kyle Pitts. So we got the, the big tight end. Yeah, and I think uh, we touched on it a bit when we talked about tight end premium. So I think this is a really appealing pick and you're you know you're seven in the draft seven in the draft so you don't have to go too early to get them there's always this narrative around rookie tight ends i think it's a good spot to get them and i think it helps that tight end premium comes in it helps that julio got traded away um so i would this is where i'd be looking to at this spot yeah i mean with etn and chase i could see him moving up i with javante williams back there with just how slim running back always is it you know you're all in that range i think you know if he's basically playing wide receiver and as the tight end position then there could be people regretting not taking him in the top three um but 
we don't really you don't really have that information right now, so it's hard to say. And tight end looks pretty thin. Waller's gone. Kittle's gone. Uh, Kelsey is gone. Kelsey's gone. A number of you know, so there's not a lot of options there. And um, then you have fourth year options and franchise tags next year on a lot of those same guys. So um, kind of yeah, like we talked we talk about with the you know with quarterback, maybe you just want to have them and you have them for a few years when the position is more is more scarce in the next coming uh, next couple of years. Yeah, the the top available tight ends are Tunyon and Logan Thomas, and then um, Jared Cook is probably the next one. So it goes way down there. Um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of value in in Pitts. Yeah, uh, for sure. For those, for those reasons, plus tight end premium. So yeah, it'll be interesting where he goes. I could see him going earlier. I could see someone who values that position or has enough, you know, running backs on their team. I could certainly see him going, you know, four, five, or six, or seven. For sure. Okay, number eight, Javante Williams. Yeah, there was. It's always you always need running backs. We see that every year. Um, I don't know if I would I would be looking quarterback here myself. Maybe just with super flex scoring. Um, but if you look at the running backs available now, ETN's out. I think I think this actually helps. Javante Williams' value, so maybe it makes more sense here now than it, than I when I first looked at the mock. Um, still, not I would say you're not expecting the Najee Harris usage right year one because Melvin Gordon's still there. Yeah, so I, I think that depresses it a little bit. But you could be looking at kind of a starter, you know, a three down back next year, which has a ton of value. So I I can see him going here. I can see him going ahead of Pitt. It's it's tough. It depends how people look at the different positions. Yeah, I think this is definitely the tier break here from from the pits, well, no longer ETN, and then potentially Chase and Harris. I think this is where it really, you know, a lot can happen. Um, I think, you know, when, when Mahoney did this mock three weeks ago, I think a lot of people were low on Zach Wilson, and now he's looking like, you know, one of the best rookie quarterbacks this preseason. So um, he's a guy that could easily move up and jump Williams and, into that spot he could jump chase too depending on what happens so but if you need running back i think yeah williams is clearly ahead of the the other two um guys that are kind of in this late first round range and he's the he's the first player that's not an nfl first rounder i think that we've looked at so far and there's a number of nfl first rounders who haven't we haven't talked about yet so that that's interesting too uh do you take the running back position and say, okay, well, I think he was second round NFL pick. And you've got a number of wide receivers who went first round. Um, so that comes into play a bit for me too. Yeah. But the, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that only teams that are dumb take running backs in the first round because the fifth year option is so expensive. So by taking them in the second round, you don't have to pay that. Um, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like Kansas city trading up to, 32 or whatever to take Clyde Edwards Hilaire made no sense. They should have just taken, they should have just got 201 and taken them then. But anyway, there's some other money reasons why um, running backs don't go in the first. So I wouldn't put too much stock into that versus other positions. Um, number nine, Devonta Smith, um, Carter football team. Yeah. So this, I mean, I think, Philadelphia 
drafted him, I don't know, but it's early first round. So I think that automatically correlates to fantasy usage. And so 100%. I think it's yeah, so I think it's always a good idea, and especially because it's not like normal dynasty leagues. We we talked a bit about before the call where you draft a player and you have you know him on your roster for ever. You, you need production in the three years, and and you hope they're good enough to make make use of that fourth year option. And so you want players who are going to play soon. Um, and so I think having a, a wide receiver drafted first overall or not first overall, sorry, first round, early first round, it makes sense to pick him up because you know you're going to get to start him either maybe in your, your non-super flex spot or your third wide receiver. Uh, so I, I think this makes a lot of sense. The, I don't know if Waddle's on the mock here. We'll go down the rest of them. Um, same thing. Yeah, first round pick, going to get usage. So I, I like this one here. Yeah, and I just to clarify, the first round uh rule that i was talking about was just more running backs don't take too much stock into a fact a running back one in the second round but i 100 percent agree people players drafted in the top of the first round they're going to get usage he was injured and it looked like he was going to miss all of camp and preseason which was a big red flag for a rookie but he's already back and playing so yeah it seems seems like the right spot um again we're in really one grouping here, so he could go a couple picks ahead. He could go a couple picks back. I don't think it would surprise anyone. Number 10, T-Bags, Zach Wilson, um, quarterback. Yeah, um, there's just look, I'm just looking at the mock now, so I see Mac Jones down there as well, so we'll get there. I think super flex scoring, even if you've got two quarterbacks on your roster that are pretty secure in their roles like like i've got i again you, you draft one of these guys and maybe you're not getting production out of them this year um i don't know that i'll be taking one because my plan would be to fourth year murray next year and franchise take stafford so i still feel like you know the remaining quarterbacks aren't going to be in that tier maybe i'm wrong and, and so i'd probably be looking at a different position for the, the current roster that i've got today but I think this would still make sense because Superflex scoring, he was going to start for the, he is going to start for the Jets. And so you could trade down from this spot. These are the, you know, the way I'm thinking about it, you could take them and, and then you have flexibility with your, with your starters. If, if things aren't going the way you planned, um, it's, it's, a, it's a, a group here that I, it's hard to say who's going to go where. You're yeah, going to have to, you're going to have to edit all this out. I've shared too much about my own plans here. <laughs> I, don't suspect Zach Wilson's going to make it that far just based on his play. The other interesting point um, with only having three year um, contracts and it being different than a normal dynasty league is Zach Wilson may be the only rookie quarterback who starts week one, which is interesting. Um, I know chances are Minchu will not start. He sucks um, worse than Lawrence, but if they're just like worried about Lawrence getting murdered because their offensive line is brutal, it could happen. I doubt it. But anyway, it's just something to think about. Um, and the other interesting thing is the Jets do play on Friday night, I think. So um, could get one last look. Some of these guys ahead of you here could get one last look at Wilson and see what happens. Um, all right. Number 11, we got Michael Carter. Yeah, so this um, this would work out really well 
if he's starting running back for the Jets. I think this pick has is a high upside, high bust downside. Uh, so I don't I don't mind it. If I'm a team like Brian that's kind of looking to rebuild, I got a number of first round picks. I got picks next year. I think you could afford to take some of those shots because um, then if you hit, you're in a really great position next year. Uh, but I think he was again. I go back to the. I think he was fourth round NFL or, or or third round at best, and so I would worry on that downside. But I can see, I can see making the making the pick, and um, it pays off. I think we saw. I think there's a couple. Antonio Gibson was one that we all thought went too early, and that worked out really really well for Carter. Um, we'll see if Zach Moss works out for Joel this year. Same thing. It's like man, these later later running back so they could really turn out good and they give you a big edge and you're at a million dollar contract here so this one i think would be yeah, i could see him being in the second round for sure but i could also see him going here yeah that's kind of what i was thinking when i saw him on here he's a guy that could go here if etn falls he could go one spot higher he could also be picked 203 right it's hard it's really hard to tell depending on i don't know and all these teams rosters and how they're going to build their teams. Um, and yeah, I think situation is such a big deal for running backs. Cause I mean, they don't, you know, if you get a good, if you're in a good situation, you don't actually have to be the best running back. If you have a great offensive line and a great offensive coordinator and play calling, I mean, Zach Moss is not a good running back. Um, or, or if you get, if you get the volume, I mean, yeah, last volume. year I was running with Gaskin and yep. James Robinson, I did via trade, but neither of those were—they weren't even drafted players in in a deep bench league of ours. But they just get the volume, and so they're worth something. Exactly. That's why it's all the more crazy for teams to be drafting NFL teams to be drafting running backs in the first round. Number twelve, another running back. We got Trey Sermon. Yeah, I would. I would could almost say we could almost just cut and repeat the. Michael Carter stuff, and then voiceover Trey Sermon's name. I think later, third, like third, late third round pick, it could pay off big time. Could bust out. I don't. I I do think there's some say. You know, those first round players, Jalen Waddle, uh, Devonta Smith, um, the Mac Jones. I think there's some opportunity. Rashad Bateman, although he's hurt, I think I would be looking more at a first round NFL player just for that more likelihood to get the opportunity but you need running backs and yeah you could get lucky and get you know somebody on the ufa early in the season but it's better to just have them on your on your bench and 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 have them hit um i I won't be surprised if both of these guys go in the first round and even if they slip into the second i I can't see it going very far yeah for sure i don't think there's much more to add there uh two more to go number 13 jalen waddle God, I've already said his name four times. So you know where I stand on him. I think he was the sixth overall pick. Um, Miami's offense looks good. I think he would, if I'm Brian and I'm getting him at the end of the first round, I think it feels pretty good. Yeah, I think, again, another guy that could go, he could go depending on how someone wants to be, build their team and how they like him. And we know with Mike having pick eight, it's a it's a wild card. Um, he could pick and I could see Waddle going up there easily. Um, it wouldn't be too surprising. Um, but yeah, number 14, home wreckers, Mac Jones. Yeah, so definitely, well, depending on, 
but it's definitely not starting this year, probably playing at some point this year. And so for picking 14th, I think it's, it's, he would be, this would be really, if I was sitting at 14 and I got Mac Jones, I'd feel pretty good um, with super flex scoring. So still a first round NFL, so still going to get the opportunity, if not this year. Uh, yeah, you, you'll, you want to get as much out of these rookie deals as you can before you hit fourth year option and, and RFA, but I mean, it's a super flex league and you get a quarterback 14th. I think you should feel pretty good. Yeah, and I know structurally Chris only has Wentz, so definitely could be a nice fit if Mac is there. Mac's played really good this preseason too. Another guy who people were down on that's played really well, so I could see him going higher also. Um, I think um, it'll be hard for um, Chris to pass on him if he's sitting there, so I don't see him going into the second round, but you never know. That's it. That's the that's the round one mock. Um, any any final thoughts on the overall? Draft? Yeah, I I, th- I think five five quarterbacks in the first round probably is what we'll see, which is is rare uh, for our league, but it makes sense in the super flex world. Plus five in the NFL draft. Um, maybe I have a like PTSD with fading first round wide receivers. I think Odell Beckham was one that I was keen to draft and then didn't. And then he, you know, he did really well in his early early part of his career. And it's like you look back and say, man, don't fade the first round wide receiver. So Rashad Bateman uh, is there at the end of the first round, too. So we'll see if he, I guess, his groin injury and he's injured. So that'll be a good stash if somebody's taking him early second. Uh, if he was healthy, I, I could see him going in the first round, too. Is there anybody... Any any buzzworthy names that didn't make this mock that you're surprised? Uh, there's a couple of um, couple of, there. I think there's a few, but just based on the players we talked about, how they could fall down into the second round. Um, I think there's a few more players in this range, so we could see we could definitely see them uh, go up. There's um, Elijah Moore, there's Rondell Moore, there's Terrence Marshall, and then we have the carryover Darnell Mooney from last year. Um, So I think any of those players could go in the first, but I wouldn't actually be surprised if it played out in some shape or form with these players that that Mahoney uh, put on here. Yeah, I mean, looking forward to it. It'll It'll be fun, and we'll see if it may be any trade ups or trade downs happen in the next couple of days maybe get an idea of what people are are trying to do i know you're always open for business for that always so. um, and we got the we got the draft board uh uh mounted in the garage we get we're, we're ready to rock um so it should be good it's good to be good to be back uh in person for now and uh yeah should be a good time let's get the yeah let's get the pod as you can say let's get the podcast out to the to the group and look forward to seeing everybody Saturday. Yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>